Thanks for listening to our podcast from Reformation Lutheran Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Today's readings are from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 through 11, and the Gospel of John chapter 14, verses 25 through 27. You can worship with us online at reformationlasvegas.org. Thanks, and God bless you. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week we finished up our preaching series on the forgotten books of the Bible, and we talked about Esther last week, who came to power as queen of the Persian Empire just in time to uncover a plot and stop it to destroy the Jewish people. Her uncle Mordecai offered that perhaps she was called for just such a time as this. She'd been called for a reason, for a purpose, according to God's will, and was able to protect her people, to help make a way where they thought there was no way, a way forward for their future, to bring justice to the kingdom. And Marissa was here preaching, and she reminded us that God has blessed us and been with us, and it is always the right place and right time for us to love one another. Today we get to hear this word from the Apostle Paul, who writes that as people blessed by God, as ones in Christ who have been grafted onto the vine of the family of faith, we have been gifted and chosen for a reason as well. Now I know if you've gotten out to the bookstores lately, you've been doing some reading, there's no shortage of instructional books, inspiring videos, or experts in the world who want to help you discover your purpose, your reason for being here. Uh, Just a quick search on Amazon yields about 50,000 results or more. I'm sure some of them are good, uh, helpful, insightful, but Scripture gives us plenty of guidance on this topic as well. The prophets called people to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with your God, That's a good purpose for living. We've heard the call to return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Sounds good to me. The author of Colossians writes that whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. But if that's not enough for you, Jesus makes it pretty simple, I think, simple enough for us to understand. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. We're here for one another. Our lives are not our own. We are here for a reason. This week marks five months since the COVID-19 shutdown. And I remember back in February getting ready for a new year, the year to come and the ideas we had for our church and our family and the places we would go and our plans for serving in our community. And much has changed. We've had to adapt, had to let go of some things, try others that are new and different. Like many of you, I get frustrated at times. I have felt the loneliness and the loss and the disappointment of this difficult season. And it's easy to stay there, to be stuck in that frustration and those feelings and struggle to find anything good when families and friends are arguing, people we love are angry, when we and our neighbors are struggling more than ever before. And we can get burned out from working at home or 
looking after kids or aging family members or just feeling stuck in the same old routines. For those in our community who aren't online all the time or don't have somewhere to be every day, there might be a feeling of being trapped by the walls around you. Maybe the longing is for someone to come and check in on us, to call us up, to come to the rescue. How do we snap out of that? Paul's been through plenty of suffering in his lifetime, inflicted it on others as well. But after meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus, his whole world was changed, and all the plans that he had changed, and he was moved to go and share the word the Lord had given him. And so what he did, he helped start new communities of faith, begin their journey. His deep relationship and love for the Christians in Corinth were well known. And his letters show us that this relationship was not always easy. Sometimes he writes to remind them about what they should be doing. Other times he writes to correct them when they've strayed from the gospel he shared with them. His work was about building them up in faith, showing them how to follow Jesus where they lived, reminding them of Christ's love and suffering for a reason, for them. And our struggles might seem minor compared to those who fight for their lives in hospital beds or compared to the work of nurses and doctors, first responders, police officers who place themselves in danger, in harm's way every day, or compared to the danger some face at times merely because of the color of their skin or who they love. But each one of us faces daily trials, big and small, And our faith is a strength that gives us a different perspective to know that we are not alone in our pain. Maybe it gives us a peace when we are undergoing struggles, a reminder that this will pass, that good things are coming, that God's mercies are fresh every morning. Jesus promises a power that comes from outside us. It doesn't have to be us doing all the self-help. We have something called the Advocate. The power of the Holy Spirit, you received it in your baptism. And this power of God, she shows up when you can't go another step on your own. That power binds us together as a faith community. Even when we are unable to be together physically, we are one body in the Holy Spirit, in Christ Jesus. The Spirit gives us peace. It guides us through the pain to the purpose that God has for all of us to be of help to the ones around us, to neighbors who need a listening ear, a kind word, and a promise that their suffering will not last forever. One of the most powerful tools we have to fight this despair, loneliness, isolation, and our large and small frustrations is the consolation of our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Just this week, I was feeling productive, and I was checking things off my to-do list. I was in a flow state. I was in the zone, man. But by Wednesday, I felt totally stuck for no particular reason. I was struggling to figure out where I should direct my energy or what I should do next. I was starting to lose focus and starting to feel overwhelmed and worn out. Then I got a call from Dennis, who prays with me and for me. Then I got a message from another church member who was checking up on me, who reminded me of God's blessings, even as they face their own difficulties. 
and my children who need me a lot, but always make me laugh and give me love, remind me that the most important first ministry in my life to lead and guide them as a father and remind me that I belong to them, that I have a purpose there too. And I could see the spirit start to show up in my life, start to fill me with that power from outside because it wasn't in there. And it became a bit clearer to me that I'm here for a reason too. You are here for a reason. Paul reminds this church at Corinth that even when they are suffering, they are consoled. Their burdens are relieved by the abundant, ever-present, powerful love of Christ Jesus. And Jesus frees us and them from suffering. Through the one thing that was designed to cause suffering, the cross, where our shame and selfishness is removed. Though we still feel the effects of our actions and the burdens of this life, we don't get stuck there. We get to get up, to keep moving, to press forward. And we can turn to the living word of God that is always with us, the presence of those faithful people in our lives that remind us that there is goodness, there is joy, there is laughter in the world. And we don't have to get dragged down by the burdens that we face every day. They show up as Christ for us. They remind us that the hate and the divisiveness and the destruction and death we see and read about every day and experience in our bodies is not the final word on who we are and what we're all about. It's why it hurts to be so far away from you, church, from the people we love. It hurts not to have that physical contact, that that looking each other in the eye physically, not over a computer screen. It hurts not to be able to gather here each Sunday around this table for wine and bread and hugs and handshakes and singing and prayer together. But this suffering, this temporary trial, will come to an end. We will be together again. Everything that we've been through this year will form us for service to one another, to our neighbors. I just start to think about, we, we will never forget what we've been through together. We will never forget that we've been through this fight, that we've been strengthened for whatever lies ahead. And you are living hope for me and for your neighbor. When you share this good news of Jesus, who even when we couldn't see him was working for our good, who rose from the dead to liberate us from fear and pain, who continues to speak and welcome all people into this life for a reason, to console one another and to bring us to greater trust and faith in him. Paul writes that he who rescued us from so deadly a peril will continue to rescue us. On him we have set our hope. So any of those self-help books, they self-help books, they would agree that They try to guide you towards your life purpose, right? They're going to agree that this past behavior is an indicator of future behavior. What you've done in the past is the default way of moving, acting, and behaving in the world. And to change the way you respond and act takes intention, practice, energy to form new habits. Here we call that discipleship. The things we do that orient our lives toward living as followers of Jesus. We read scripture, we pray, we give, we worship, 
we serve one another. So if you feel a little lost or unfocused right now, like you're not going anywhere, you're stuck, you're not so sure where to turn or what to do next, these are places to look and see where you might need a little help. We do need resources when we find it difficult to pray. Sometimes we want to give and serve and we just don't know how, we don't know where our gifts are needed most. Your church can help with that. Some of you use an app on your phone for Bible study and devotions. That can be helpful when finding some direction in reading scripture, and I love it when I get those notifications on my phone when one of you starts a new Bible study. I was like, yeah, good job. Jesus' past behavior gives us the assurance of what he will continue to do for us. He will always be forgiveness for us. He continues to send us the Holy Spirit to console us in our struggles and to show us that whatever sickness, battle, or affliction we have to deal with will not be wasted. The one who rises from the dead for us is risen and living, and we are rising with him. It's for a reason. And knowing the way through each difficulty will one day give us an opportunity to reach out and help someone else. An opportunity to show up and be Christ for them. To demonstrate and deliver that forgiveness, that word of hope and mercy and grace that is so needed. We might be for each other a consolation in times of pain and distress and in the midst of all our fights, our struggles, our pain, and our depression, we can always trust that the love of Christ is with us, is with you, and that he was born and lived and died and rose for a reason. Amen? Amen.